nice things. Hello, good evening, and welcome to a very haunted and Halloweeny edition of Nice Things. Nice things. I'm terrified. <laughs> the antidote <laughs> to modern living. And joining me, uh, Sir Peter Cushing Michael. <laughs> From the house that dripped blood is... Oh, my name's Paul Carmichael. Michael. Think of me as the fetid sperm of light entertainment clawing my way out of the vagina that is the Saturday night BBC One schedule and I'm looking at you blankety blank on this point. Oh, Good evening. Hello. Stuff. Oh. Stuff. Well, hold that thought for a moment. Yes. Um, uh, so Halloween, it's it's mm. almost Halloween. Almost. Um, we'll let you in on the secret, boys and girls. Um, so uh, the night before, it's uh, I mean, it's very interesting the old Halloween because there are rituals of sort of celebration of death all over the world, totally all over the world. Um, and the main theory is because at this time of year, I don't know if you've seen it on the news but they do generally mention it we go through what's called the torrid meteor stream mm. uh which is the remnants of comet nk mm. i think i'm right in saying mm. um and the theory being that when that broke up 20 to thirty thousand years ago a big lump of it hit the earth causing a cataclysm huge mass die off end of civilization event and that is why globally all these uh disconnected cultures all celebrate um mm this this sort of death day all over the globe it's yeah. it's fascinating i mean we've got at the minute we're actually going through the remnants of halley's comet as well aren't we well we are yes do you remember when the, when halley's comet came around and it I was on do telly and they bbc one did live halley's comet stuff i do I, yeah i was so excited was it 86 i think um, Around then. I think it was 86. I was so excited. Patrick Moore was hosting it and everything. And in my head, they, it was the BBC, after all, doing Halley's Comet. And I thought the pictures are going to be staggering. They'll probably fly something that almost lands on the comet. It's going to be a... Me and it was just a blob on the screen. It was just a blob. Yes. Yeah. Very low resolution, as I recall. Very low resolution. But I did you know record what? it, though. Yeah. Do you remember at the time they, they sort of tied it all in, didn't they? Saying that it's it's in the bio tapestry, um, mm. and and the and Halley's comet is a sort of arbinger of doom. Yes, um, <clears throat> yes. Wasn't there a painting by Giotto that they showed as well that's got Halley's comet in? They there was, yeah. I mean, you've got that throughout history, haven't you? That idea mm. it's, within Shakespeare, you've got that idea of of the star appearing, the blood red star appearing. Um, even Game of Thrones, as I recall, at one point had a, a comet in the sky, and they all went on pretentious of doom and all that sort of thing. Um, and and Day of the Triffids, yeah. Well, it's it's it is tempting to speculate that it all has its roots. The reason why we're all so sort of terrified of mm. these celestial bodies is because one of them whacked into us at one time. You know, it, it does make sense. And I, if I recall correctly, uh, the time before last that Halley's comet appeared, uh, there was certainly in America there was some pastor who decided that it was the end of the world and took everybody from his church up to mm. the top of a hill to die, and uh, they didn't. So probably killed themselves, <laughs> um, but they, they certainly didn't die because Halley's Comet was there. But yeah, that's throughout history, isn't it? It's fascinating. Mm, mm. And at the end of the day, even when you think uh, about the nativity, you know, the bright star in the sky. Exactly, right, yeah. You know, the, the comet, once again, that sort of thing makes well, sense, really. Um, what was he? So 
you mentioned Shakespeare, mm. uh, The Tempest. Yes. Um, so Prospero. Uh-huh. Right? Yes. Yeah, so Prospero was based on John D, wasn't he? The uh the the Queen's eyes as he was, the original 007, the symbol mm. on his painting is two zeros with a seven across the top. That's and right, that yeah. and that's uh, him guarding the Queen's eyes. Yes. Um and uh of course with his uh huge wealth of huge wealth of knowledge um on all things um astrological, astronomical, whatever it may be. He was the one who was able to predict the storm that wrecked the Armada, wasn't he? Uh, that's correct, that's, that's yes. why that scene, you've got Prospero. Is he on an island or something? Yeah, that's right. Prospero's island. He's, yes. Uh, that's where yeah, the Tempest yeah. is. So my, my possibly my least favourite Shakespeare play. Well, uh, I mean, it's many people's least favourite, I should think. Because, it is. I mean, he was he was in some dark days, though, wasn't he? I hand over here to the resident Shakespeare scholar. Well... Well, it's well, um, it's <laughs> it's 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 towards the end of uh, it's towards the end of the career, isn't it? And it's actually referred to as a problem play. Um, and and when we say problem play, what everybody means is it doesn't fit in neatly into one of those categories of comedy, tragedy, historical, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, in my view, it's a problem play because it doesn't make any bloody sense. It's right. uh, like Winter's Tale. I don't like that one either. I just think... Great title. Brilliant title. David Essex nicked it. It was that good. It's wonderful. And I, and I admire the balls of anyone whose stage direction says... Get a bear from next door, whack it on the stage, see what happens. I admire that. I love that. But nevertheless, as a script, it's one of those things. I was asked to be in uh, Winter's Tale years ago, and it's it's actually the only Shakespeare play I've said, I'm not free to. Really? Yeah, because it just did. I think it would just make me quite cross, really. But no, absolutely. You've got uh, throughout throughout literature, we've got this idea of the lights in the sky. And like I say... Straight away, whenever people say comet, and if there is a comet, like as soon as you mentioned that before, immediately in my head, I think, don't go outside and look at it. Day of the Triffids. Oh, well, yeah, you could be blinded and uh, wake up as John Dutine. That wouldn't be too bad. I wouldn't mind waking up as John Dutine. No, I'd I have to end up in heartbeat bit. for about 20 years. But I'd, That's ooh. all right. That would have paid. Oh, Pays the what. mortgage, doesn't it? Oh, you'd have had a nice house then, lad. Oh, I'd have been all right then, oh, wouldn't I? But, but I, you see, I was always confused when, when Day of the Trivets first came on. I mean, first of all, because I, it was the stuff of nightmares. Mm. I mean, I, I do recall they showed off one of the giant props. And I've got a vague memory it was on Blue Peter, but I'm thinking, would they have put that on Blue Peter? It's quite possible, actually. But uh, I would, they, they scared the shit out of me, those things. Yeah, and then it was I watched a terrifying the film. show, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, the film didn't do the same, really. They they no. weren't as scurry, and you didn't see enough of them. Whereas on the BBC version, they're just wandering around eating people all the time. Well, to so, quote Tom Baker, you know, television reaches a lot of lonely people. Well, yeah. um, and it and and that that's again a great um, example of that intimacy that television used to have. Oh, absolutely! <coughs> have I ever told you my 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 nightmare? I think when I was I would have been six, and it's one of those nightmares that I can completely remember, um, which was that John Dutine and Sarah Green are on a pedalo. Yeah. I know, but they're the fun ends. They're on a pedalo, uh, going around a lake. And all the other peddlers were actually the Triffids from the TV show. And suddenly they turn and they all start coming towards the boat and Sarah Green starts screaming. And I woke up 
shitting myself from that. Absolutely terrified. Oh, why? 40 odd years later, that's still there. That's right there in my head. Like, oh, no, don't like that. It's funny that. Um, I don't, do you dream in colour or black and white? That, that one was colour. I know it was colour. Yeah, right. Well, this is interesting because I dream in black and white. The licence is cheaper. Ha, ha, ha. But I've got a dream from when I was a kid, a scurry mm. dream, <clears throat> that was total, total colour. And I remember it vividly, just like you just described mm. that. It was it was the end of the world. Mm. That's what was going on. And it was a kind of day the earth caught fire style mm. end of the world. I hadn't seen that film yet. So Edward Judd and Leo McKern had not entered my deep subconscious. Mm. But I remember everything was, you know, the wind, it wasn't just sunshine. It was brilliant burning light, you know. Mm. And I remember in the dream, I wrote a note and put it in the top drawer of my um, Chester drawers, whatever thing I had. And I thought, right, I know this is a dream, but it's not a dream as well. So when I wake up, I'm going to go to the Chester drawers and this little note's going to be in it. Of course it weren't in it. No. Because it was a dream. Yeah. But, uh, strange, when you said that, it just reminded me of of one of the few colour dreams that I had. And it was Mm. that one. And it was as a kid. And even now it's like... Uh, it, it's quite scary. But John Dee was a scary man. Have you seen his portrait painting? Is it the, the goatee, the, the pointy goatee mm. beard? Yeah. Like the mad skull thing at the bottom. That's right. Yes. Yes, I have. I don't mean the ambassador's one where you look at it from the side and you can see the skull. I mean, no, there's no. like a funny horned thing there. Uh, yeah, but that's He chose right, yeah. the date of her coronation. Mm-hmm. He chose all these dates because he was so obsessive over numerology and the hermetic code and all these other things. Mm. Um, so it, it's, I've always thought that it was quite ballsy maybe of Shakespeare to to dramatize him as Prospero but I think you know be, yeah I mean it would have been but I mean when was when was the Tempest that is that 16 ooh, it's six, very late it's very I, late is it I think it may have been after she just died, after she so, croaked. yeah so it's still mm. risque to do because did she well, die what? 1603 so it could have been 1604 05 something yeah, like that I always get it mixed up with Victoria at 1901 but it's mm. it's also very interesting I read a book years ago which at a time when blasphemy was you know a death sentence mm. it's it's fascinating to think that there might have been you know atheists or even worse satanists right at the heart of government as such. Well, this is the the fascinating thing, isn't it? I mean, you've got um, Marlowe, Christopher Marlowe, mm-hmm. you know, famous atheist and homosexual. Um, That's who, who I was thinking of. Yeah, who uh, famously once, um, as I recall, and I don't know, I must check this and make sure it's not just complete bullshit. It could be one of those things which is legend. But of course, the legends, like Shakespeare robbing a theatre, all of a sudden, someone finds a document and goes, no, he did. But um, the, leg- <laughs> the legend there goes that what he did was he had massive uh, posters made, um, which were stuck up, uh, one of which read, uh, uh, the Virgin Mary was a whore, controversial, and the a other bit. the others, uh, read that John the Baptist was Christ's bedfellow. So you've got someone there who was quite open. I mean, in a, in a lot of ways, he was a very open chap. Mm. Um, but... I think what's fascinating when we talk about these people 
is you've got to remember that these days, we're, of course, we're all paranoid about people reading what we write or seeing what we see. But back then, Elizabethan England was a police state. Well, absolutely. You know, An anachronistic you wrote, term, but yeah. uh, well, that yeah, is but, exactly what it was. Yeah, I mean, they wouldn't have been wrote, able to denote it like that. That's what no, I mean. No, no, absolutely. But anything that you wrote, if you wrote something down to send to someone, it would be read. At some point along the way, Absolutely. which is why you get lovely things like uh, Mary Queen of Scots with the final letters that she wrote. And they were even folded in a certain way. So it was impossible to open the letters without completely buggering them up. That sort of thing. You know, you had to be it was impossible to keep secrets. So maybe what you've got there with this wonderful necromancy is he's just using information he's found out. There's always that possibility. Of oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, that's how he was able to predict the storm that wrecked the Armada, etc. Mm, uh, mm. He just knew about uh, weather and things. He knew about astronomy and, and stuff like that, didn't he? Yeah, that's Which right. Which would have been considered heresies at the time. Mm. Um, well, there were spies in every tavern, weren't there, listening to what people said. And, mm. you know, it was very much a police state. Um, yeah. Have you read Who Killed Christopher Marlowe, the book? No, I haven't, no. Hmm. You should. It's very good. Really? I'll, it's I'll give very, that a go. very good. And and the theory is that he knew there were atheists right at the heart of um, court mm. as such. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's a fascinating subject no, that having a is. little bit of knowledge that other people don't. I mean, there's the, 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 the whole. <laughs> That's the scene. <laughs> and there's, the, there's the whole. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the theory of the metaphorical interpretation of the Bible, isn't that? Mm-hmm. Whereby, you know, uh, you teach the, the rank and file, you teach them the literal interpretation of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And then if you know the metaphorical interpretation of it, um, it's it's not an original thing. If you go and look up online, there's plenty of people will give you all the metaphors and tell you there was never ever there was never ever such a person as Jesus. None of the they're all allegories and metaphor and stuff mm. like that. Um, and so the theory being that the Bible reads in a completely different way if you know what it actually says. Yeah. And it goes back to that whole Freemasonry thing, doesn't it? As is above, so is below. So you don't know what they know who are above you, uh-huh. and those underneath you don't know what you know. Hmm. And it's that uh, pyramidal, sort of hierarchical thing of knowledge. And that's why the mass was kept in Latin for so long, wasn't it? So that your rank and file didn't know what it was. It was I always imagine it must have been much more exciting when it was this language you didn't understand and all oh, this absolutely. bloody ceremony, you know? Absolutely. Well, this is the... I did, uh, when I was in over over sorting out Dubrovnik uh, last week, I ended up, I wandered into a church service. I do this every time I go abroad. I end up wandering into a church service by mistake. Oh, and then I'm... To return uh, to Abraham's bosom. Well, I have to then sort of sit there because I can't go, terribly sorry, everybody. I came in for a look around and you're doing something. I'll just go. So you feel compelled to sit. Um, And I did that in uh, a few days ago. I ended up sat in a service and I couldn't understand a word of it. I was absolutely enthralled Mm. by it. It's like watching a wonderful foreign film, some weird thing from Czechoslovakia made in 1978, but without the subtitles on. You don't know what the hell is going on, but it's like, whoa, I've got to watch this. Um, so there will have been an element of that but there was also the fact that I think I've always wondered if people were really taken in by it or was an element where they're taking the piss we know that they're taking the piss we're taking the piss out of each other I don't think so but then all right let me let me give you an example 
If, for example, on a Friday you couldn't eat fish, uh, you couldn't eat mm. chicken. It was a fish day, right? Mm. However, if you've got a nice chicken, then you want to eat that because you can't store it and it'll go off. So you invite your local clergyman round and he, he, for a fee, will bless your chicken yes. and declare it is now a fish in the eyes of the yeah. Lord. Now, even 400 years ago, you'd have known that he was taking the piss, surely. Well, look, if you consider that John Dee knew there was a storm coming simply because he was the, the latter-day equivalent of Michael Fish, right? Mm. Simply that knowledge that the rank and file didn't have. If you knew when there was going to be an eclipse, you could gather all the villagers round and go, God is displeased with you. If he, if he disagrees with you, he'll make the sun go black. Right, so if you think about it like that, I don't know, it yeah. sounds like something out of a Roald Dahl book, yeah. but if you think about that and the fact that it was actually punishable for a peasant under mm. the feudal system to learn how to read and write, so if you can keep people locked into a state of complete ignorance mm. whereby all their information comes from, you know, some damn druid, then it's not surprising that people didn't see through it. I mean... I agree with you, the rank and file, the basic innate human curiosity mm. must have sort of unraveled it all. And they definitely did, because otherwise you wouldn't have had Martin Luther, and mm. you wouldn't have had all these people going, no, this isn't the correct interpretation of the Bible. You've taken it all. And, uh, you know, we mentioned, um, I can't remember where you said you went. It wasn't Revo you went to, was it? It was, it was a, a ruined uh, abbey. Yes. Went to. But they had these grand stately palaces. I reckon if you were a peasant who cottoned on to what they were all doing, mm. the best thing you could do is go and take holy orders and just become one of them. I suppose so, yeah. You know, so I think that some of your highest ranking officials would have just been like, this is all cobblers. However, mm. you know, this is uh, this is a very nice life, isn't it? You know, pass, pass me another prostitute and uh, a flagon of mead. Well, it would have been, unless you were the monk who Tom Baker talks about, whose job was to bite your cock. Remember? But that was for the lower orders, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, but you wouldn't want that, would you? If you've got to go along and see Father Livesley, why? Well, you've, you've got a stalk on. Hey. He's, he's the chap who'll bite it. Yes, once bitten, twice shy. Absolutely. Plus, I was also just thinking you could bless Michael Fish and declare he was Michael Chicken. Uh, you could, and eat him on a Friday. You could. <laughs> <coughs> but yeah, ignorance... <laughs> Ignorance is a great, and so you know that's that is the perpetual role mm. of of the ruling governance, isn't it, to keep the lower orders ignorant? No, oh, absolutely. You know, nothing's yeah. changed there. No, no, the, nothing. The dogma might be different, but now it's changed. Mm. So, I I think that it high time, even though it's a a spooky evening. Yeah. I'm a zombie. Oh. Um, e even though um, it is that thing. Um, so you, your exciting trip abroad. Oh yeah. Um, I'm particularly interested in the return leg, as I think as I think the listeners will be. Okay. Yes, we'll go with that. I mean, there was the flight, and that was hellish, of course. Um, sorry to sense of scene. This is what twenty four hours ago. Twenty four hours ago. I haven't yeah. slept. Yeah, that's yeah. a that's a good point. Well, I mean, first of all, let, let's come to the fact that um, whilst I was over in Dubrovnik, I noticed that when we were recording, my my camera uh, <coughs> appeared to be on LSD, and I was sort of like trailing my, you know, when I move, I'm trailing across the, place. the colours, dear me. Well, absolutely, and I'm thinking to myself that there must be something going on with the atmosphere, and you're telling me that I've just got a dirty camera. 
oh, your camera's definitely dirty. But why would that make it your go trippy? Your camera's dirty. Yeah, but why would that make it go trippy? Why wouldn't that make it go <laughs> speckly? Because it's digital. And it's not... So your, your, your standard camera, yeah. right, works simply by a series of lenses and the way in which light is allowed to enter them. You this are, is a lens. You have a shutter. It is a lens, but it's... And it is light sensitive. Right. Absolutely. However, the way that information is transferred is not organic, is it? It's transferred in a, a, a series of electrical signals. So dirt won't be interpreted in the same way as it was on your common garden old camera. It's different. It will degrade the digital signal. Once again, we come back to the fact that what we need to be doing with this show is releasing it both on record and as a 16mm film. I think that's brilliant. I think that in the years to come, when electricity becomes a law of diminishing returns, you know, we'll probably, um, you know, pick up the cart and uh, travel these lands performing nice things on village greens every uh, Sunday evening. Well, at some point, once the wax cylinder machine stops working, I think we may have to. Anyway, return leg. (coughs) Yes. Yesterday. Let's get back to this. Let's get back to that. Okay, so yesterday, I mean, so the idea was, you know, at the end of the day, I'm going to arrive very late from Dubrovnik, and I certainly don't want to be making my way home at that time of night. So book into a hotel, I thought. Okay, so who were you playing at this point? I'm just uh, At this point, I was playing a very tired version of me. No, no. when you when you booked it, yeah, who were you like, Sir Kenneth Moore? Or it was a bit of Kenneth Moore, wasn't it? A bit it was, of Kenneth Moore. There was a bit of a sort of Scott of the Antarctic going on in my head. I've right, got to admit, okay. there was that. Yes, all right, there was that. So yeah, I thought, okay. uh, return leg. We don't want to be doing too much in one go. We'll stop off at a hotel, have a wonderful night's sleep, and the next morning, bright and refreshed, return to Carmichael Towers. Oh no. No, no, this didn't happen. Now, at this point, uh, I shan't mention the name of the hotel, but it sounds rather like Gravel Dodge. Don't know if anyone <laughs> can guess what that is. Um, and Gravel Holiday Dodge, Inn. yeah, you might like to know this on their terms and conditions, viewers. And I know this because Gary showed them to me. Uh, terms and conditions of Gravel Lodge, uh, point number four of the terms and conditions, states that I can book a room, I can pay for a room, they can have an email saying, hello, Gravel Lodge, I'm going to be arriving rather late. So just to let you know, be there, but it won't be till like one in the morning. And then I can turn up and they can go, giving the room away. What? Gave the room away. Don't worry about this, it. Yeah. Yeah. This, this, this is terrifying. How, under what? <laughs> under what was the reason they gave for giving your room? I'm presuming this room was paid for too. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Paid. The reason is we always overbook. Because sometimes a few people don't turn up. Right. That's the reason, right? So, if there's a reason, fair enough. There must be a solution. What would that be? The solution is, we'll phone around all the other gravel lodges in the area, see if we can get you in one of them. Uh, really? You're going to do that? Oh, yes. But we'll pay for the taxi. Right, oh, lovely. That's nice. that's nice of you. Thank you. Have, you. have I gone blind? Oh, no, there we are. No, so, there you are. Me. So, um, f- 50, yeah. So, that's what it ends up as. In a cab, and off you go. So you're sent to a different gravel lodge. At 1am. Yes. On a Sunday morning. After a three-hour flight of terror, because it was a flight, not because anything happened. But I was was sitting over where the wheels go are. So obviously, every time there's a slight movement from under me, my head goes, well, you're fucked. That's it, you're going to die. But it was just the wheels moving. Um, 
Did you see the little guy on the wing in a sort of twilight zone? Like that one with William Shatner where he's That's clinging on. I am always looking for that. I do not like sitting by the wing. I expect him to be there. Of so course. I do my Shatner-esque turn to camera and sweat. Wing um, shat. Anyway, oh yes. So, uh, yeah, eventually um, end up in another gravel lodge. And you think, okay, here now. Let's not worry about it. Let's get the, get the, get the card because apparently keys aren't allowed anymore. I don't approve of. Get the card. Oh uh, yeah. We go up to we go up to the room and we go open the door. I say this looks like a bit of a mess, doesn't it? Because and in my book now maybe I'm being picky here, Michael. But in my book, what you should do is once a guest has checked out, you should probably go up there and clean the room. I think that's a basic. Maybe I'm being Page a snob. One. Yeah, um, you shouldn't just go, well, we'll leave that. He's probably just been some dirty sod's probably been in there wanking, but no, we'll leave that. The bed's a mess. Let's leave his half-drunk cup of tea there. Oh, he's had a big piss and not flushed the toilet. Let's not flush that. <laughs> and that's what I was faced with. I just thought, what the hell am I oh, going on? Down to reception, back to see another Gary type. Excuse me, this has happened. All right, give me 15 minutes and I'll sort it. 15 minutes later back up there however being told definitely you'll get a full refund a full refund which by this morning after a total of about 40 minutes sleep had become uh, 50 percent piss off i don't think so because surely the point of the gravel lodge so dodge is that you have you've got two things there one they're convenient and two you just go to get a night's sleep or have sex with a prostitute but well, on- this is it imagine you are you were that guy you yes know. A, a sort of tired, what, what they call captain of industry. Yes. Who's uh, having a, he's there with his sort of, what do they call them these days? Side smash. His, oh. Oh, oh. Yes, that too. Mm. He's there and he's, he's, you know, he's ready. Let's oh, be yeah. honest. He, he's, oh, yes, oh, yes. I'm, I'm, you know, I've got to have a go of this very quickly. Yeah. Sorry, sir, you're going to have to get in a cab for 40 minutes. Yeah. We'll send you to the other side of Manchester. Yeah, we'll send you the other side of Manchester, and then you can do it. Look, this woman's charges by the hour. Ridiculous. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, you couldn't be able to. You won't be able to claim her fees back. Mm. Not so, even against no. tax, I wouldn't think. Not these no, days. No, you'd have to uh, have a go in the cab. You would, and then you've just got to. You know, you've got to hope that you're in a, with a cabbie of loose morals. But these days, you can't even be certain of that. No, he'd adjust his wing mirror and uh, thumb out the old man. He would. Wouldn't he? You know, he'd well, be he'd filming it to put it on Pornhub. It would. It'd be on there, wouldn't it? You know it what I mean? Would. Then, then, then they've got what the Russians call compromat against you. And, and, and they're not going to pay the blackmail. No, absolutely not. Will, will Gravel Lodge pay the Kremlin for me? No. No. No, they won't. No, no. So, anyway, so that was... that was, I, I mean, was off, though, sorry. It was quite all right. So, basically, after a flight on which I didn't die, and statistically the chances are if you get on a plane, you are going to die, let's be honest. Somehow no. I cheated death. And nevertheless, then Gravel Dodge decided that I didn't deserve to have any sleep. So, thank you. Oh, thank no. you so much. I'm using, you know, I'll keep calling them that. However, you go to my Twitter, you will see the angry tweets that were sent at one o'clock in the morning. And any response from Gravel Lodge? Dodge. Uh, no. Dodge. No response at all yet. There bloody well will be, I'm telling you now. 
There will be. I'm not. I'm a petty man at the best of times. And under these circumstances, my God, I will, I will not, not let this go. Only death will stop me. And even then, I'll get them through a friggin' Ouija board if I have to, you bastards. Unbelievable. That's horrendous. Isn't it? That's Isn't scary. It? That's the thing. It's genuinely awful. One o'clock in the morning, check in. Oh, it gave it away, mate. Because someone else wanted it. Undoing your sort of shirt cuffs and, uh, right, uh, step outside, Gary. Yes, settle this properly, shall we? Yes, like a gentleman. Yeah, it's all right, though, because Gary said to me, oh, do you have a nice holiday? Yes, I did, if it's any of your business. And then, and then he said, oh, I'm looking forward to mine. I'm off to Dubai next week. So, one, I don't want to know, and two, how can you afford to go to Dubai? I'm sorry, if you're going to do this job, I don't want you to be able to afford to go to Colomendi, Gary. These people. Awful. Awful. Apparently I, it's an American company. Uh, makes sense, doesn't it? I ended up... I, I, I did a wonderful show at the Bristol Old Vic uh, with, with, with Doddy uh, um, a number of years ago. And mm. uh, I got I just got a new car. Mm. And um, <clears throat> either it was petrol or it was... De- one of them. Yeah. It was different to the one I'd had before. Yes. And I put the wrong fuel in it. And so I'm driving down the M4, going back to London, coming back from Bristol, feeling quite chuffed with myself. I'd just had a a few beers. No, I hadn't. I was driving. I'd just had, Doddy had beer, uh, with Ian Lavender and Ken Dodd, and it was just like, what a night. And then when I dropped Ian Lavender off at the hotel, he'd been calling me love all evening, so I called him love as he went. Yes, yes, I'm one of you darling um and i was quite chuffed with myself so chuffed was i you know gliding on this sort of lavender scented cloud Mm. leaving bristol i put the wrong bloody fuel in my car and i'm on the m4 and then it just went i was like you what two in the morning pitch black on the m4 just like that Fuck this. So anyway, there was a a side road that come off. I think it was for Stroud. I can't remember. I like saying Stroud anyway, so I'm going to say Stroud. Yeah, Um, John Stroud. John Stroud. So so if Stroud is off the M4, then that's what the turning was. And I just went like that, and I was just like, oh, for fuck's sakes. And then I just came off it. It was like the beginning of a very sort of cheap hammer horror, hammer house of mystery and suspense. Mm. I just come down the slip road, got to the bottom, and the slip... Road, I can't, I just thought, right, I'll have to park up and keep in the car. That's all mm-hmm. I thought. So I just drove down a bit. And literally, as I come off the slip road, there was a sign, hotel. <clears throat> Even more like a hammer house of mystery and suspense. Yes. So I drove down this road, and it actually kept going. And then it just went, thudun, 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 as I got to, to the bloody thing, like, you know what I mean? And I got to the thing, and I put my foot on the clutch, so, and I just coasted into the car park of the Compass Inn, it was. Um, and I, I was like, fuck, I've actually made it to a hotel. So I walked round the side there, all the lights were on, and I kept walking round the other side. And I got round to the other side where there was a big bloody patio thing lit up, and all the staff are like, you know, you can't hear them through the windows and that, but they're all having a jolly, they're all up getting pissed. Ooh. I was like, that. oh my God, the sights be praised, it's yeah. a miracle. Um, and I just knocked on the window, but they're all like... <laughs> you know, they're all having a bit of a, a party. Yeah. I was like, shit, man, shit, shit. Dang, 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 dang. Anyway, eventually... Gary, or whatever his bloody name Probably. was. I should know his name because he was 
a geezer this guy anyway gary as twas not his name but whatever it was uh, um he came he came to the window and it was just like he was like you're all right mate i was like help me anyway so gary took me in <laughs> gary it weren't even gary whatever his name was he took me in there right hmm. He rang up my insurance for me because I couldn't get a signal on the phone. I had that cover, you know, where if you put... It's called Miss Fuel cover. You don't know, but yeah. you can get cover for your car if you put the wrong juice in it. Mm. Anyway, he rang him, and he finally got through to somebody, uh, and they said, we can't get you till the morning. I was like, oh. And he was like that. So he sorted me a room, mm -hmm. right, for like 20 quid or something like that. And he was like that. Are you hungry? You look hungry. Well, of course, always hungry. Mm -hmm. uh, made me a great big load of buddies um give me the wi-fi password sent me up to the room and then went back to the <laughs> that was it in the morning the local garage bloke come along chuck the car on the back i had to listen to him all the way back into bristol like um he got all the fuel that i'd put in wrong out of the car put fresh in yeah. and uh it was around fish ponds in bristol yeah. <clears throat> started the car went home so there's a there's a sort of sorry. I thought there was going to be some sort of a, a similar thing to this story. This oh, was no. just a brag, wasn't it? This was no. Just this was like, lovely. Oh, that didn't happen to me. I had a lovely time. <laughs> Thank you. I, I was trying to provide sleep. balance in the universe. I don't want balance. This isn't the BBC. I don't want impartiality. <laughs> Dear God, oh, it was my. a lovely night actually. Oh, it sounds smashing. Doddy, and then I was looked after. Oh, nice. <laughs> Oh, lovely. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad. Whereas yeah. I had to sleep in some stinky and seamed businessman's bed while someone told me he was going to Dubai. I'm delighted for you. I'm delighted. I'm glad you had such a nice night with Doddy and it Ian Lavender. Lovely. Oh. Love. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't even oh, no. know that that was... I thought it might cheer you up. No, it didn't, actually. No, I wanted to hear something where you had a much worse time. And, right. Know, Got buggered by the locals or something, and then oh, a werewolf no, no, no. came in. Something like that. Something well, that's horrific. what I thought was going to happen. But, but it actually, didn't. it was lovely. But then it's not helpful at all. Is it? <laughs> that's not how you empathise with people. Oh, I'm sorry you had a terrible evening. Let me tell you when something went really well. It's like that's not but how it these things. It didn't. It was a bad start. You've got to agree with me on that. A bad start that turned really good, whereas mine was a bad start that got worse. That's the. Thing. Well, maybe it's your attitude. It's not my attitude. What's my attitude got to do with these scum? Absolutely not. Well, Furious. The, the Compass Inn is an independent. That's oh, that I'm explains saying. it. Not, not an American chain owned by mm. a bank. No. Which, as I've now discovered, not happy. Yes. yes. I did invite Gary to one of my shows after, and he was just, I sent him the link, and he was like, nah, not for me. <laughs> He didn't so even see, like the arts, but nevertheless, he was nice. I mean, those two nice. things don't go together. Maybe so a massive load of cheese and onion butties, actually. <sighs> good. They were delicious. Oh, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad for you. That's yeah. Good. Okay. Well, sorry that uh, I didn't get hurt in that story. You well, should it again. Oh, hello. No, absolutely. Anyway, listen, because it is Halloween, isn't it? Almost. It is. But as you said, we're recording this the day before. So you know what yes. that is, don't you? This is Mischief M Night. Mizzy Night. Mm. What do we think of that? Well, it'll be Americans, won't it? It is Americans. Yeah. Uh, same when as your gravel you're... dodge. 
Yeah, when apparently you're allowed to vandalise things or something. Apparently so, yes. Now this is where I think we should bring back another good old tradition, that of the wicker man. Just... <laughs> I thought you were going to say the birch. <laughs> go with that, I don't care. Something that inflicts pain. I mean, I go with death, but if you just want to go for a damn good spanking, we can go with that. But the wicker man. <laughs> no, and I'm not joking. What's, <laughs> what's wrong with that? I mean, why? What's that about? We've got a night where we're allowed to be twats. When did this start? Because that didn't happen when I was young. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Can you have been absolutely... Oh, no. I mean, back then, if you, like, chucked a, a rose hip bud oh. at someone's window... You know, and the, the thing is about old men back then, they were fit as fuck. Mm. And they'd run. And you were yeah. fucked. Oh, yeah. Like, Jesus Christ, this old boy's gaining on me. Oh, and no, they'd absolutely. catch you up and they'd knock fuck out of you. So it's like, no. Yeah. I won't be doing that again. Yeah, I, I was remember. watching Pop Black. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I remember being chased once by, by a very old man for being loud. That's all it was, for being loud outside his house. And he came out, and he's walking like he's got a broken ass. I mean, it was like his pelvis was just upside down or something. And straight away, I thought, huh, that's fine. Oh, no. no. Oh, absolutely not. Because no. he's not only running, he's taking his belt off at the same time. Oh, yes. The belt. Oh, the belt. The I didn't want that. I mean, they, the old boys where I grew up all had pit belts. And they were like something that bloody Frank Bruno would have on when he's won a boxing mm. cup. Hey? Oh, no, 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 no. You didn't fuck around then. You, you just didn't. didn't. So can't we bring this back? Apparently not, no. It's called human rights. Bullshit. You don't have mm. human rights until you're over the age of 26. <laughs> Apparently you do. Oh, I think that's a ridiculous idea. Well, I agree with you, dear. Absolutely. No one's listening to us. Mischief night. I shan't have it. No, it I won't think. happen near you, though, will it? Oh, no, it did a couple of years ago. Oh, some of them got through passport control and, and there ended up being some right trouble up on up on the lane. Uh, right. Someone get kicked, did it? it was someone's car got overturned. Wow. It's still talked about now, of course, because nothing else be. has ever happened. So, uh, oh, yes, that sort of thing. I don't... I'm amazed I've not heard that story before. Oh, yeah, oh, no, it was quite bad. And then, naturally, of course, the police know the postcode, so they were right round and chasing them off from uh, the place. Yes, yes, but yes. Don't chase them away, capture them, and give them a good thrashing. That's it. This is That's surely it. the thing to do. I only ever had one run in with the police when I was a kid. Hmm. <clears throat> I ran across the road to the paper shop, obviously because I wanted some... I think I'd bought some toffees, as we called them. Mm. I don't know what you'd call them. Sweets, probably. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. Well, I wouldn't I, eat toffees. Why would I eat toffees? They're not nice. It's like eating hot food. It's no, but everything food. was toffees. What do you mean everything was toffees? Was a flake well, toffee? Yeah. No, it's it just not. Toffee. It's not a toffee. I Flakes know that now, but well, this is what I said about peasants being ignorant. But you that's know, not ignorant. A toffee toffee. I know, but toffees, it was all toffees. It was all toffees. Why? Why? What's this nonsense? I, mean, I a po don't know. A polo and a flake are different. Neither of them are toffees. All toffees. Well, no, mints, not... mints weren't toffees. They were mints. Right, okay. So what about a pyramid? Right, so you know the word sweets, sweet shop? Yes. Right. Everything they sell could be classed, apart from the mints, as sweets. Why can't mints be classed as sweets? What are you making these rules of? Well, uh, mints is, is what old people have. 
So old people can't have sweets. Can they have yeah. toffees? They can have sweets, toffees and mints. But children generally don't go for mints, do they? Uh, I was more of a polo fruits kind of child myself. Oh, I like those. Well, I liked a standard polo as well. I don't oh, recall no. it being an old person's sweet. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Sorry, yes. an old person's toffee, I should say. Well, Sorry, well are done. we saying they're toffees or so, sweets? I'm so, confused. so, so, my, my point being, let's not get bogged down in the whole I, mints issue. I'd like to, but okay. Okay, we'll, go, we'll return to the mints. Right. But meantime... So, you know the phrase, sweet shop. Yes, I do. Toffee shop. No. Well, that's what it was called when I grew up. <coughs> Did it have a sign that said, the toffee shop? Yes. They were all toffee shops. They're not, though. I know that now. But why didn't you know that then? Who told you that, like... Crisps uh, and toffee. Right, but who told you? Everyone say, for... called it toffee. So, a Mars bar was a toffee? Toffee. It was all toffee. In the same way that a Mars bar is sweets. What? All right, then. What about uh, what about if you went and got a quarter of lemon bonbons? Toffees. Quarter they're not toffees. toffees, though. They I know they're not toffees. These were the ignoramuses I grew up amongst. I'm not I'm not arguing. I know this now. But why did they think they were toffees? I'm genuinely... I don't know. Because they called them toffees. That's what they called them. Right, okay. But what, I do, okay, fine, fine. All right, right, let's give you another ridiculous. example. Are they films or are they movies? Well, they're both, they're all too long. They're, I don't know. They're, they're films if I want to watch them and they're movies if they're common, I suppose. There you go. It's I'll tell you, thing. yeah, because Sky had the movie channel and I thought, common. Exactly. And sweets to us was what posh people called toffees. I remember. No, no, no. We called toffees toffees. Yes. (coughs) It's not like we called certain things toffees that weren't toffees. We'd say that it's a toffee. Why is it a toffee? (laughs) Because it's not nice and it takes your teeth out. It's unpleasant. It's like eating super glue, right? Yes. So I would know not to eat toffees, whereas I wanted to eat sweets. Yes. So what? So right, hang on. So you had toffees, not sweets, or did you have some things that were sweets? No. Everything was toffees. I know. I don't How know. How old were you when you discovered that this was horse shit? Well, I remember Melissa Broughton. Mm. Yes. Nice name. Yeah. Um, nice I hope- girl. I, I can't... She was, yes, yes, yes. She was a, a really nice girl. We were six years of age. Oh. Um, so I remember her saying, Sweets. In a class, and it was like, what's she on about? And I told my mum, and she said, oh, yeah, well, they're posh. <laughs> and that was it. But bear in mind, everybody was posh compared to us. Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, so, um, yeah, so I heard the phrase. I was aware of the phrase of sweets. But right. I always thought of, um, is it Night of the Werewolf with Oliver Reed? Mm, yes. Yeah. Back to Halloween. Oh, yeah. Seamless segue. Um yeah. And he says, doesn't he, when he's been blooded on the hunt, it tasted sweet, mammy. Right. Yes. So whenever I hear the word sweets, I think of the child who played the young Oliver Reed, who was very, looked very like Oliver Reed, if you've ever yeah. seen Night of the Werewolf, um, saying, it tasted sweet, mammy. Um, and so, so that's apropos of nothing. However, toffees is what they were all called. Go down the toffee shop. But- or rather... Gut toffee shop. Gut. Gut. 
go up. toffee shop. Oh, you'll have to go to toffee shop. Right. Hmm. Uh, I don't know what you're saying. Something. No, something no, no, foreign. no, no. I know. When I moved to Widness, which, considering the Pong everywhere now, I'm going to rename Weedness. Yeah. Um, when I moved here, everybody had a field day with my accent. Oh, really? Oh, yes. I remember asking for a pasta. And they were like, what? what pasta? You want some pasta? So, of course, uh, there was that. And then everyone yeah. thought I sounded like a farmer. Right. Um, so I was called, what was it? Farmer, pasta, or something like that. I can't remember <laughs> now. Um, and madly enough, because I moved to an area in which I was not sort of uh, spawned, mm. there was another boy in the school who looked exactly like me. Because I'm not meant to be here, remember? Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, so I moved here and I had a dipple dangler. Oh. And it was just like, ooh, Simon Finn. Oh. Luckily, Simon Finn was never in, but that was, I know it rhymes as well. It so does. so whenever, I, whenever he, because he used to come in, cause a ton of shit and then stay off for three months. But I used to get all his punishment. <laughs> really? Shut up, don't be silly. It is you. Shut up. Stop dicking around, <laughs> Finn. No, I'm not him. That's don't brilliant. be putting on that stupid voice. Oh, that's wonderful. That's like something from a lovely kids' drama starring twins. Yeah, it would be good, that, wouldn't it, if it had been like that? Like Vice a Wobbyless and Weemus who couldn't act. It's that sort yes. of thing. That's yes, what I that like. sort of thing. Yes, yeah. yes. Anyway, okay. so they they didn't call things toffees either. So he was like the naughty version of you. He was he was like the the alter ego. However, however, he he wasn't he didn't have the same level of, of common you no good god well he did actually funnily enough he too was from a a, a single parent family in a council house he Strangely didn't call enough. them toffees though did he he didn't no. no well that was a peculiarity of the locale in which i was raised dear no, i think in the same way that for us all. <laughs> in the same way that we call lean to a veranda why I reckon it was due to servicemen returning from India in the 19th century. They came back with this word, veranda. And if you Google veranda and go and look at one, it's this bloody grand, ornate, beautiful thing. Lovely thing. Lovely thing. And it's not like a load of old bloody pallets nailed together and, uh, you know, bits of glass that your granddad's nicked out of the foundry. It's 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 nice. Yeah. No, but anyway, they call them verandas. Okay. So there you go. It's a peculiar. You must have had colloquialisms where you grew up, dear Bob. No, no, they weren't allowed. No, no, we didn't have anything like that. No, we called them sweets, and and you know, we didn't have a veranda. But on the other hand, we we, we didn't have a lean-to either. Well, you see, the veranda. What the great innovation of the veranda was was that you had the house mm. with an outside toilet that was built onto the house. It wasn't down the bottom of the yard. It was plumbed in. Uh -huh. um, and the veranda, so you had house, outside toilet, and then where the veranda had been was just yard, but the veranda joined the lavatory, the lavatory, to uh, the house. We called that an extension. Well, there you go. There you go. You see, you had you could afford proper words. Ah, that's what it is. Yes, we had to yes. make do with hand-me-downs. No, no, fair enough, absolutely. Um, but it's, it's, it's fun. Sorry. <laughs> Sounds terrifying. No, it was great. Well, it was at the time. It was at the time. Being poor growing up mm. was shit. 
It yeah. really was because you didn't have any of the nice clothes. You didn't have any of this. Um, and we've had this discussion many times yeah, about yeah. how you got the free school uniform, but you didn't get the blazer, so you got the badge and, and all this other crap. Mm. Anyway, um, but looking back on it, I'm really quite happy, actually, about it all. Yeah. You know, I, I really am. I, I mean that motion sheerly, folks. Yeah. Um, I am quite happy about that. Um, but anyway, that's enough how we used to live well, for one I'll week. I'll tell you something. Now, that's interesting because I always br- I was brought up uh, b- believing that we were poor. But it turns out that my mum was just tight and just wouldn't spend money on anything. So That's a strange thing because there were tons of kids like that, weren't yeah. there, who, who had a few bob. But Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. She made, she'd make a big thing of it. I remember... What was it I wanted? I think it was, um, and th- this is a segue coming Big up. Trouble. See if you, see if you can spot it, and we'll Go see ahead. if we get away with it. Um, I wanted the uh, the single, the seven inch single of um, Kenneth Williams singing the ah. Will of the Wisp theme tune. Uh, would have been about a quid or something like that. Ooh, can't afford that. Going to have to save up for that. She could have gone out and just bought enough so it had gone to number one. Taught you the value of money. Absolutely didn't. These days I spend it on crap. Nice things, because because I'm like, no, I'll have all the nice things now, Mother, actually. Yes, not laughing now, are we, Mummy? Yeah, that sorts you out. Well, funny you should mention Kenny W. Is there a link there? Oh, there could possibly. This week's nice <laughs> thing for me is the oh. Kenneth Williams Diaries. Mm. Um, very sort of lovely uh, stroke of fortune mm. in the last couple of months for both of us and yes. for the good people of Liverpool. Yes. Is that the fantastic <coughs> actor David Benson has been up here um, doing a show at the Royal Court, which mm. finished last evening. Mm-hmm. Um, and so David, uh, for anyone listening who isn't aware, is the country's premier. I wouldn't say Kenneth Williams impersonator. He's t- doing a disservice. Mm. I mean, is. <clears throat> having t- watched him as we we were able to do for a little while um, yeah. last week, he wasn't doing an impression, was he? He was channeling the man. That's the one. That's the in word. this in this remarkable way, and it's almost impossible to put it across. Who I've forgotten the name because I'm so tired. Um, the, the the lady he talked about with her monologues. Ruth Draper. Ruth Draper and the way that she would create images on stage Mm. and people believed that they'd seen all of this and it was simply through the way that she performed as though all of these things were around her and he did a section of his show about uh, Kenneth Williams like that and it was stunning stunning mesmerizing piece of acting I just felt so oh god privileged to watch it was wonderful to see someone a practitioner work close up like that it really was Um, and for our students, I, I'll be honest with you, I had a concern about attention spans and all the mm. other stuff. <clears throat> and I think it's real testament to his abilities that, that you know, he changed the, a lot of students' lives that afternoon because it's just Indeed. like, wow. It was, mm. and, you know, if anyone is listening who is, um, you know, works in an educational establishment yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's drama is your forte, get him in because he's get just him wonderful. In. But what happened, which was fascinating here with what you've got there, is uh, completely coincidentally, I had to pop up to props to get something. And I opened a cupboard uh, looking for this particular prop that I was after. And there was my copy of the Kenneth Williams Diaries that I must have taken into work about 15 years ago and forgotten about. And by pure chance, after watching him do that, there's my copy. 
And it's absolutely like, wow. wonderful. So I've got it just through there, and I must have another read. But now you have your own copy. There. I was going to nick that actually. Yes. <laughs> there, there was a time when I spotted it, and it, it's weird. It's weird because David, I was talking to him the other night, and that's why I bought this. Mm. I don't know what we were talking about anyway, and it was just hang on a minute. I don't have that. I haven't got that. And he's like, well, that's what I based a lot of my show on was you know reading mm. that. Uh, because as he said to us, he, he doesn't slavishly stick to the facts, which I think is good. I think that the the essence of a great performance, like uh, the best example I can ever give is Albert Phineas Churchill. Mm. It's not an impersonation. Um, no. it, it's a distillation of the character. Um, well, but it. David like, does a fantastic impersonation. Yeah, it's like well, when you watch do. O'Toole doing Jeffrey Bernard. I mean, the script isn't just facts and figures and, and O'Toole is not being... Bernard, because Bernard speaks in this monotone, and there's O'Toole with his flying off the handle and all this. But it is, it's the distillation of the character of the man. And yes. that's what you get with David's uh, with David's work. But he can also do the voice as well. So. He can do that. And, and his, his facial expressions, you know, we, oh, we yeah. saw him do Scrooge, didn't we? We saw him do mm. Kenny, but... Uh, we also saw him do scenes from his show, uh, not his show, but the show he was instrumental in, yeah. um, Glad, um, from the Edinburgh Fringe in the early mm. 90s. And each one, the characterization, the physicality, the different mm. faces. I heard students saying afterwards, it's just like, you know, his face changed. And it was just like, it's got them inquiring about how they can make the best of their own physicality. But when he did that scene in the restaurant, mm. you know, I can tell you, I could see the tablecloth. I could see the little red uh, lampshades on the lamps. I could see the waiter. I could Everything. see all the other characters. And when you think about how he did it, which was just totally just him and one of the chairs yeah. in the college in the theatre. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not even certain if he used lighting at that point. I don't think was he a, did. I don't. No, I don't. I don't think he even brought watch. the lights down then. But no. when he brought the lights down, it was great because students became aware how mm. important it was that they pay attention. To yes. lighting. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. And the difference up, that I can make. He turned up an hour early uh, to sort of make sure everything was... And, and I, I have to say, watching him with um, our lighting technician mm. prior to the show, it was like... It, it was an education for me because it's like, I've never done this. Mm. I've never been so... Um, concerned with making it all right that i've been like no uh can you move it an inch to the left and yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> no 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 okay can you make that one narrower and da, 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 da. and mm. then he's he had me standing where he'd stand and stuff like that. then he'd go and stand there and his brain he knew exactly the effect he wanted the lighting to achieve and, and mm. that was very impressive and quite educational for me i've never ever done that mm. never done that Mm. Um, so yeah I now own a copy of the diaries which uh, will when I've finished it will sit alongside the Joe Orton diaries and mm -hmm. be quite uh, quite a compliment to it I don't know why I don't own it I've no idea but mm. uh, um, I shall I mean look at that motherfucker yeah it's, it's amazing two inches and, thick and it's edited thick. of course that's not I know. the full thing and no. as as there was a little chat on twitter the other day with a few yeah. others and saying well uh was it richard marson who was saying well presumably by now enough time has passed and of course enough people have died who had talked about that maybe we could get a more uh, a fuller version of it i mean <clears throat> it should be wonderful and uh he suggested that david should uh compile it and edit mm. it which i think would be wonderful um yeah. How would you get access to them? I don't know who's got them. Presumably, some like the British Museum or BFI or someone. 
somebody. I'm, I'm not sure, actually, but they all exist. I've, I've se- have you seen the diaries? They're beautiful. Oh, yeah. All these little leather-bound um, and beautifully kept, and the handwriting is about meticulous handwriting. Well, you know the story about the bit of... Um, it was told on something that I heard years ago on Radio 4. Um, mm. <clears throat> someone wrote in to complain about Just a Minute. Mm. Um, and on a weekend, he used to have a friend, because Kenny didn't drive, and he had a friend who took him out. To, he got the guy's address off the letter, mm. and he got the guy to drive. Do you know this one? Yes, go on. And he wrote back to the guy, didn't he? How dare you call me names and say this, that, that with your dirty neck curtains. Yes. And I, it was just like, wow, that story. And whoever told it, it was potentially um, Ted Ray's son who mm. told the story. He was a great yeah. friend of his, wasn't he? Uh, Andrew yeah. Ray? That's right, yeah. Andrew Ray? Yes. Ah, brilliant story. Fantastic oh, story. We'll have yeah, to put oh, a link to that in the in the thing. Yeah, absolutely wonderful. And I love the fact that he was so... Oh, God, he was horrible about people he did just a minute with. And yeah. when you read the diary, he's not he's not particularly nice. He wasn't keen... Well, he wasn't keen on many people. Certainly, there's certain things said about Nicholas Parsons within that diary, which... Were, oh, yeah. Well, did, did you see that it was doing the rounds the other day... Um, the Wogan from the late 80s where he had Julian and Sandy on. Yes, him and Hugh Where they came on. Yeah. Oh, my God, that was so good. That was so good. Anyway, I was talking to David about that, and he says, oh, yes, the diary entry's interesting in that. Like, he didn't have a good day there. Mm. And I, I can't... The only bit I remember David saying, he said, was Beryl Reed pissed. <laughs> 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 I remember talking about her years ago and someone on Facebook popped up and said they delivered a sofa there mm. at like 10 in the morning. She's like, oh, oh, hello. Just oh. shitted, holding a gin. Wonderful. I love I love watching Beryl Reed work because you oh. know that she d- she doesn't have a clue what's going on. It's like on that Doctor Who she did, Earthshock, and she was quite open. Don't understand what's going on at all, dear. I've been here all day and nobody will tell me a thing. And people really? are on the studio floor placating her. And she didn't know anything that she was saying. She'd learnt the words and just, They'll, that'll do you. Oh. I love that. Well, oh. do, and, and um, I've just finished the season 10 box set, Doctor mm. Who. And um, <clears throat> there's uh, another one of those Panopticon diaries on there. Mm. Um, and it's that one where Pertwee comes into the th- uh, venue on in Bessie. Yes. And I don't know who the interviewer is. He's a large chap, and he's like, ah, oh, Oliver Hardy. And I've always thought, I was like, you rude bastard. I think that's the height of rudeness. Oh. And then when I think when Katie comes on, uh, Pertwee goes, oh, have you met Oliver? Oliver oh. Hardy. And it's just like, oh, and, and whoever the guy is, you mm. probably know who he is. Um, but whoever he is, he doesn't even miss a beat. It's like, good on you, mate, because... yeah. God almighty, how insulting in front of the whole... No one laughs. Oh, no. Because it's just... But in that, he talks about the carry-ons. Mm. Um, and Peter Rogers said to him, he said, look, he said, Kenny's just wild. Mm. He's like, we need somebody who can tame him. Mm. And that's why they asked him to do the carry-ons. Yeah. Um, but with it being John, of course, you can never be quite sure of the veracity. Of well, what being there told. is this. There is this. <laughs> I keep forgetting that. You know, I'm always in my little balloon, a bubble of of belief. Yeah. And, and then you pop it with a with your 
cigarette end. Well, there's that. There's this lovely story where he talks about um, he he got onto a, a train. Uh, and he's in the full Doctor Who garb because he's going to a convention. And then all of a sudden, all of these people who he, do, he describes as being, you know, people who are a bit funny, do lally taps. So people who were, as he claimed, from an asylum, were put on the, uh, on the the in the carriage with him. And then someone did it. Right, let's do a head count. So I got one, two, three, gets to John. Hang on a minute, who are you? And John Pertwee goes, I'm Doctor Who. And he goes, ah, four, five. <laughs> but I've heard that story said by so many people from that time. It's one of those stories that's, that they've heard and go, oh, that'll do for me. So, um, yeah. God love him. But then again, it's a good story. So It's a cracking cares? story. Absolutely cracking. Have you got any nice things this week? Well, I have. Do you know what? I, I, whilst I was away, uh, I do like to pick up uh, the odd uh, little bit of art, and this will be of absolutely no use to anybody uh, who's just uh, with us on audio. Um, but I got I got two lovely little pieces uh, when I was in Dubrovnik because uh, I'm an old romantic. I, I got this uh, little lovely little oil painting, and I, I oh that is lovely. Adore this the way that the 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 whole that rain has been captured. Mm, so kissing beautiful. in the rain under an yeah. umbrella for listeners. That's it. It's a rainy day in uh, Dubrovnik in the old town. But um, there's also, there's a painter. And if you go into the old town of Dubrovnik, you've got this massive fountain. And he sits by the fountain and just paints all day. And he does oils all day. So they're not prints. He actually uh, does these real beautiful things. Uh, his name is Branko Komno... Uh, Ko- hang on. Branko Komnanovich. Wonderful name, yeah. um, and so and I've not taken the the wrapper off yet, so the reflection's terrible. So these That's, are a, a pucker oil paintings. They are pucker little oil paintings, dear. So uh, got a couple of those, um, but then uh, something arrived whilst I was away. Mm. Yes, something for the record collection. Now then, we've we've possibly talked in the past about how it's completely pointless me paying a fortune to get old Doctor Who's on record. What with it being a visual show, yes. Hark at the fact that they're now doing Blake 7. No. Right, hang on, hang on, though. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. Right, no, no, it's so much worse than that, because this isn't even proper Blake 7, right? What happened here is that Barry Letts, lovely Barry, um, in the mid-90s, when he'd done a couple of Doctor Whos that weren't great, that were on Radio 2, then thought, I could do Blake 7 as well then. And so he's written a couple of Blake Sevens that were on Radio 2. And it's the fact that he's clearly never seen the show, ever. Oh, now I I like the idea of this. He's never watched the programme, so the characterisation is all over the place. And even the terminology they use in the programme, like they... You know, all all the Americans with their warp factor three and everything. Whereas in Blake Seven, they they refer to standard. I love it. It's so British. Standard speed or standard by four and stuff like that. Oh no, there's none of that. They're all warp factor everything. Barry, if you'd have watched one episode, you would have known what was going on. So they've released Barry's uh, two radio plays on record. Um, including one record which is just bits of interviews that were never broadcast because they're not very good. Um, so and I, I will love this because at the end of the day, it's got Paul Darrow, who if you ever listen to Paul Darrow just doing audio work, you can clearly, you know that he's gone, well, they can't see me, so I better up the acting a bit. And it's like he's deep-throating the microphone. It's just like full How is it possible for him to up his acting? He does. He actually does because he's like, they can't see the face, so we better go for it with the voice this time. And my God, he just... 
it sounds like he's on the verge of laughing. He's having so much fun. They are absolute shite, these yeah. plays. They are terrible. When I listened to them go out 20-odd years ago, I thought... They're dreadful. So when I saw they were coming out on record, naturally I had to have them. So I have to have them. Had to have them. So they are going to sit very nicely alongside the box set of the Web Planet on vinyl, the most visual piece of television ever, <laughs> which just sounds like an experimental stone French piece of shite uh, on record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dreadful. But, but there is merit to the music in the Web Planet. There is, whereas there this is, is real just, merit to it. This is <coughs> dreadful. So didn't do you not? Well, I mean, we've no idea. Everyone's everybody died. Mm. Um, do you not think Darrow could have said, "Er, Bez, you're using the wrong terminology," or would Paul Darrow just not remember any of that? I don't think he would have remembered particularly. I mean, I no. saw him at one convention and he couldn't remember a bloody thing. He was more concerned about being as outrageous as he could and introducing my then eight-year-old son to the word fuck. So, don't do that, Darrow. Oh, God, I'm going to have to explain that. He was a grand old man of the stage. Oh, he was, absolutely. That yes. lovely moment when he said, I'm going to tell a joke. It's a young chap there. It's got a swear wording. Can he cope with it? And me going, oh, yes, he's heard things before. He hadn't. He's heard things uh. before. That's fine. Blah, 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 blah. Punchline. Fuck. And he said it and looked at my son straight in the eyes as he said it. And then looked at me and just smiled. <laughs> you bastard. Wonderful. I love the man. I loved him for that. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. love him. I love the fact that I've got a photo of him with my son. And anybody else would have just smiled or something like that. Darrow leans forward ominously, stirring down the lens, looking like he's ready to kill. So like, why would you do that? Because he was mad. Absolutely in character. Mad. Absolutely in character. Oh, completely in <clears throat> character. Like like how when I took a wee next to him in the urinal, and I'm like, oh, I'm having a piss next to Paul Darrow. And then as he left, he stopped, turned around and looked over his shoulder and just said, I know what you're thinking. And the answer's yes. And then left. <laughs> Brilliant. Absolutely wonderful. I adored him. And for that reason alone, if it's got Paul Darrow in, it sits very happily with the collection as far as I'm concerned. Wonderful. 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 Stuff, Wonderful. Yes. Um, one other nice thing that I've done this week that you potentially will... You will... You will be angry about, but you will also be like, hmm, that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. I've set up a media server um, in the hoose. So you know how we're always talking about this telly won't accept this format and plugging hard drives into this and converting formats all the time and all the other crap. So I now have a server upstairs with my telly hard drive in um, that runs a thing called a free piece of software called Plex Server. And then all the machine, all the tellies in the house, I've got the app of Plex on Epiplexy, and I can just access everything on my hard drive from any telly without fiddling about with anything. Now, first of all, subtitles will be provided for people at home. Yes. Uh, secondly, I like it. It sounds yes. good. I don't understand it. So, television remote here. Yes. Television over my Ooh, shoulder. <laughs> yes. Um. Let's see if we can do a live demo. Oh, let's give it a go. Okay. So, seeing as it's Halloween as well, is the telly working? There's a flashy... Uh, oh, yes. ah, there we go. Right, We've let's got a see. Let's see. Weak or no signal. Sounds like the story of my life. Yes. Right, so there's all your standard poo things. See that yeah. little yellow arrow? I do, yeah. Paul Darrow. 
Right. That is the app called Plex. All right. Step into the future. Uh-huh. Uh, and in, in here, my yeah. server, movie, browse all. Yeah. And here we have every folder on the hard drive. So let's browse to British Horror and click Amicus. There's all the Amicus films. We click one. And this app downloads all the bollocks from the internet about it. It's just waking up the server. Give it a minute, yeah. love. Yeah. Give it a minute. Yes. Um, it does work, I promise you. I promise right. you. There we go. Look, there's the bump off IMDb about it. Press go. Dr. Terror's House of Horrors. And we're in. Amicus Productions. Don't like it. Yes, you Too... do. It's just pointless, so, stupid. No, no. So, all that stuff is a thing of the past. All that mucking about with bloody formats and it doesn't like this file and stuff like that. You send me a video, I download it straight to that hard drive. I can watch it on any telly in the house. What happens if your electricity gets cut off? I play the piano. Fair enough. And, and, and I think this is something I need to set up for you. Is this free, this server? Yeah. Or? Yeah, the software's free. Plex server. So, well, hang on, I've got a hard drive. See, it's somewhere. Yeah. Great big hard drive. Can't see it, actually. Shit. Anyway, yeah. got got a big old 12 terabytes full of crossroads and stuff. So that yeah. could just be on, on the telly. Live upstairs. Well, here. I've yeah. got a computer upstairs right. with the hard drive plugged in. Right. Running Plex server because it serves it. Right. Right. And then on the TV, you go into your apps bit, download Plex, just click a button, and then... On your computer, the server, your telly will give you, you know, one of them codes like uh, Netflix or Prime do or anything. Mm-hmm. And then you go back to your computer, you type the code and it links your account. Right. And that's it. That's it. So the computer that you download your goodies to, yeah. that's your server. Download straight away. Right, I'll sit down now. Click. What if telly. I turn the computer off? Well, it won't work. So I've got to have a computer on all the time. If you want to watch it, yeah, I've got a little tiny Mac Mini server. Uses nothing electricity-wise. But I'd just be worried about leaving it on in case it caught fire. Oh no, hmm? we're not in the dark ages now, dear. Well, you just pop it on when you come home and pop it off when you go out. So this is a bit like Netflix if it wasn't shit and common. It's all your shit. It's oh. all your. It's it's Paul flicks. Proper telly. Proper telly. Any time. I think I need this. I think you do. I think you do. I, I think that... I think you'll heartily disapprove of it. That's my sort of gut instinct, but at the I'm, same time go, ooh. I'm, yes. I mean, I'm cross about it. Yes. And I don't like it. Until yours is up and running. And when mine's up and running, that'll be fine, because it'll be good. You'll love so, that. But in so the meantime... We'll do that. Yes. Oh, are there wires? Oh, aye, there's wires. But, I mean, it, it works... Well, mine doesn't, but it works wirelessly. It works on your wireless. So it sends Amicus over the ether? Everything. Anything you want. The Brothers. Uh, I've been watching The Brothers all day on it. Oh. Oh, yes? I think I need this. I think you do need this. It, it unlocks the world of television for you. Oh, okay. And the right. app's free. Oh, that sounds good. 
So that's that's how I'm going to watch all my uh, the likes of Ghost Watch and maybe a bit of Treasure of Abbott Thomas and oh. certainly the. St <clears throat> it's a tricky one, isn't it? <clears throat> because you've got. You've now got to get to Christmas and you've got to eke out things like the stone tape mm. and things like the Lawrence Gordon Clark and stuff like that. And you, you, you can't you can't spunk it all on Halloween, can you? No, you can't. No, it's got to be little and often. I little and often. Yes. yes. So what would you what will you be choosing tomorrow? Honest answer. Mm hmm. Most haunted live. Oh, is that oh, actually on? It's on. Oh, I I've like got most a haunted. Oh yeah, it's on. It's on 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 YouTube because it's not on television anymore. Because oh, it's too good. good, even better. So I can yes. watch that. Yeah, absolutely. Three hours live. Oh, I'll have a bit of that. that. I'll, I'll have that a bit a of that. Lovely. I used That's to love proper. Most Haunted. Oh, it's wonderful stuff. I've got, and I must, I must, I'll get this out for next time, dear. Um, I've got the season two DVD box set, and if you press the front, it screams. That's magnificent. Fantastic. That's wonderful. If the battery's still going, and it's been there a while now, if the battery's still going, I shall show you that. That's a wonderful yes, thing. Yes, yes. Oh, I love that. Wonderful yes. Thing. So yes. a bit of Most Haunted tomorrow evening, and that'll set you up for the uh, dark half of the year. That's it. It takes me into it, and then, I, as you say, it's eking it out. But uh, I think I, mm. I think at the moment that uh, Children of the Stones is tapping on my shoulder for a little mm. rewatch. Which the music has been released, hasn't it? We saw the other week, but you had to go to some shop in London to get you it. You did. It will be available soon. I am keeping an eye on the internet. Yes, and you'll be oh, able to pre-order right. that. I'll be awesome. having a bit of that. It's almost time to get the Box of Delights final out, dear. It really moment. is. It really is. It, I've been uh, eyeing it the last couple of weeks, and it's like, no, wait. No, no. Absolutely. No, wait. Um, and wait, we shall. Well, we shall. I, I think we've potentially exhausted the... Uh, uh, we've squeezed the pips dry of the I, orange of Halloween. I think so, absolutely. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, we hope yeah. you all enjoyed whatever that was at home. We hope you have a lovely Halloween. Yes. And until the next time. Oh, goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Things, the Antidote to Modern Living was presented by Sir Michael Livesley and Lady Paul Carmichael. The music was written by Michael Livesley and the flutes were played by Andy Frizzell and John No Jokes Please Lewis. Nice Things is a Guilty Dog production. Nice things. <laughs>